0: An unforgettable surprise from a secret Santa coming right up. Hey! 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 I wanna march my
1: life away Dance like I'm insane Don't give a damn what they say
0: The Daily Detour What's up? It's Dan Roberts. That was Livid Wolf. Quickie playing there, and uh, Lutre joining me next week. Uh, he's got a new song that we're going to share with you. Uh, I don't know. I'm sharing it, I guess. I don't know why I said we. Uh, I didn't write it. I don't perform on it. I don't sing on it. But anyway, he will share it with us next week. Coming up later on in this episode, Josh Firestein and I will discuss Christmas movies, the cheesy ones, and also have a quiz that you can play along with and, and see. Josh thinks he knows... Christmas movies, cheesy Christmas movies pretty well. Maybe you know them better. But let's get started with this secret Santa story. This is a good story. A grandmother named Diana Boldman works at McDonald's each day, 65 years old, as she works the uh, shift after having delivered 150 newspapers across her hometown of Idaho Falls each morning. She does this in a van that has nearly 240,000 miles on it. Diana hopes to retire in the next year or two, but her husband is on disability, and so Diana is the sole provider for them. She's doing what she can, and she's doing it well. And a secret Santa got wind of her efforts. It came up with a little surprise for her, which was delivered. I'll give them credit. I'm not attached to any media group. Uh, This was delivered by East Idaho News, and I'll put a link to the video so that you can see it in the description of this episode. But they delivered to her a bunch of Maverick gift cards for gasoline to help her out with her gas for that paper route, right? And to get to and from work. Uh, About $5,000 worth of gas cards. Also, a $1,000 check to spend on whatever she wants. Probably uh, one of the things she'll want to do is register her brand new car, which the Secret Santa parked outside her McDonald's. How great is that? And it really is a secret Santa. He wanted to remain anonymous, and so he got together with this East Idaho News uh, to hand out presents, not just to Diana, uh, but to others as well. I don't know those stories yet, but he's doing this to the tune of half a million dollars. Our daily reminder that there are good people in the world. Pretty nice. She got a shiny new SUV, if you're wondering. Quick headlines for you before we get to the daily dish Republicans and Democrats are nearing a bill, a nearing a COVID 19 economic aid bill. They're close, but no cigar. So hopefully uh, today it definitely needs to happen before Christmas. Come on, Nancy Pelosi. Come on, Mitch McConnell. I don't care if you have to be quarantined together to get this done. Heck, stay up all night, share a sleeping bag. The American people just need this, right? A couple other quick headlines for you. The MLB has reclassified the Negro Leagues as Major League. In a statement, they said, It is the MLB's view that the committee's 1969 omission of the Negro leagues from consideration was clearly an error that demands today's designation. This means that stats from the league will be married with the Major League Baseball history books, which means that a player like Willie Mays will add some hits to his record, and maybe other players who haven't been recognized will get their due going forward. And this, of course, got my attention because this just has everything, it's got drama. It's got controversy. It's got nudity. And you know what? I'll just uh, let me run this by you. Here's the deal. Uh, There are strip clubs open in San Diego during the pandemic. This is happening with what you know about strip clubs. And I know you've you've never actually been, but you've heard some stories from your friends. I know. I know. But just with your knowledge that you've picked up here and there about strip clubs and what you know about the pandemic, do you think that the strip clubs should be open? Should uh, these ladies be on stage with their clothes off, gyrating and sweating? Should lap dances be happening? And if so, why can't we do stand up comedy? Anyway, don't want to get off on that tangent again. This was a situation for a couple of strip clubs Pacers International Showgirls and Cheetahs Gentlemen's Club, who operated for five weeks during the pandemic under their own safety measures, which included keeping strippers 15 feet from tables. Have fun, guys. They also restricted the number of strippers to one per stage and required the girls and other employees to wear masks as well. You know, so far, what I'm getting from this story is that the strippers are more responsible. Than, they have better guidelines than the guy who won't stay six feet behind me at the checkout, who usually has more sweat pouring down his forehead than any girl doing aerobics to pour some sugar on me. Anyway, people trying to shut them down, people trying to find them. And how do you suppose a judge in California ruled on such a thing? I mean, if you were a betting person, I would think you would probably say, oh, the judge said, yeah, find them, shut them down. But instead, this California judge extended the strip club's exemption from lockdown, grouping them with restaurants who serve food. A lot of strip clubs serve food, I guess. (laughs) I guess. Personally, I've never been to a strip club. That serves food. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. I've heard a lot of people ask uh, on other podcasts, what is the deal with strip clubs? Are they open right now? Doesn't seem like they ought to be, but are they? Girls got to make a living with everything else that gets shut down, or is that half capacity, or whatever the heck? So there you go. In California, that's how they're handling it. Dancing as usual. Well, not quite as usual, dancing from a distance. Just ahead, I will quiz you and Josh Firestein, my guest this week. On Christmas movies, I will throw out some plot descriptions. Those plots might be real, they might be from actual cheesy Christmas movies, or they might be completely fake, made up. Will you be able to tell the difference? Will Josh? We'll find out here after the Daily Dish. I what have I been whining about, complaining about, outraged about more than anything since this podcast began? When it comes to showbiz news, what have I lamented? If you're saying, oh, this must have something to do with HBO Max, you've been listening and I thank you so much for that. I really do. You've been, Not only have you been listening, you've been paying attention. Uh, yeah, HBO Max uh, back in my showbiz report, but this time with the uh, surprise ending. As of today, HBO Max is finally on the Roku. I can stop casting from my phone to the television and just dial it up on the TV like a normal person. How fantastic is that? If you don't own a Roku, if you get your television, your streaming services some other way, this is meaningless to you. But for us Roku users, this is huge. Because now, as I told my wife, (laughs) uh, I don't have to decide whether I want to play Pop Blitz on my phone Or watch The Flight Attendant on HBO Max, which would be cast from my phone to my television, thereby uh, making my phone useless for that hour or two that we're watching. Now I can do them both at the same time. Second screening, I think I'll call it. Oh, that's already a thing? All right, well, I'll get to second screen. Anyway, super excited about it. If I fail to drop an episode tomorrow, you know it's because I, well, I'm in front of HBO Max which I think is actually a good service. A lot of controversy with it because of the uh, Roku thing and also because of their plan to do same-day-as-theaters releases. Uh, Yeah, I don't know what kind of financial sense that makes, but does anything make financial sense this year? I mean, truly, everyone's doing the best they can. As a consumer, I love it. If I was uh, putting up money for one of those movies to make it happen, to produce it, I'd probably be less than excited. But I think for viewers, it's a win. Anyway, Roku and uh, Warner Media, who own HBO, uh, finally got together over drinks and kissed and made up. Other news here, uh, and I, I have mixed feelings about this one. Tom Cruise was recorded chastising his crew on the set of Mission Impossible 7. The audio has been released by The Sun. I can't play it for you, but I am definitely going to put a link in the description of this episode so you can go back and just click on that and hear it for yourself. But he got upset with his crew for breaking COVID-19 safety protocols. What I'm told is that there were two crew members standing too close to each other in front of a computer screen. It could happen to anybody. But then Tom starts yelling, I see you do it again. You're effing gone. Only he didn't say effing. He filled in those other letters with his potty mouth. So I don't know if Tom overreacted, but he went into a whole lecture here. And uh, certainly he's got a lot of pressure on him and maybe these people were also just getting the brunt of his frustration like that was it for him and he snapped. Uh, I don't disagree with the sentiment though and it makes a lot of sense, especially if you're Tom Cruise and you're not only starring in this movie, but you're producing it. He said, we are the gold standard. They're back there in Hollywood making movies right now because of us, because they believe in us and what we're doing. I'm on my phone with every effing studio at night Except he didn't say effing. He used a naughty word. Insurance companies, producers, and they're looking at us and using us to make their movies. We are creating thousands of jobs, you mother effers. That's right, mother effers. And I'll give you a hint. Second part of that word, not fathers. And he said, I don't ever want to see it again, ever. So again, you know, it sounds like Tom was having a bad day, but point taken, right? I don't know that you can argue with the point. He doesn't want to have another shutdown. They did have one during filming of Mission Impossible 7. That was in February in Italy. And he says to these people, again, his crew, you can tell it to the people who are losing their effing homes because our industry is shut down. It's not going to put food on their table or pay for their college education. That's what I sleep with every night, he said. Do you understand the responsibility that you have? We are not shutting this effing movie down. So that uh, recording is out there. Do with it what you will. I know you're curious. Cruz's publicist didn't immediately respond to a request for comment, but I think the I think the tape says it all, right? What do you say? They were endangering our shoot, thereby they were endangering lives, and I lost my temper. I mean, I don't know. He probably, you know, you could probably deliver the same message in, in a kinder way, but sometimes then uh, the, the offense gets repeated, and they don't take you seriously. I don't know. I, like I said, I have real mixed feelings about that one. I'm glad I wasn't on the receiving end of the tirade. Some reboot news for you. The Lizzie McGuire revival is not happening anymore. Disney Plus saying they didn't think they could come up with enough stories right now for the character of Lizzie McGuire. Uh, Hillary Duff was supposed to be back on board, and she said that there were a lot of efforts and conversations uh, trying to make it work, but uh, she said she wants any reboot of Lizzie to be honest and authentic to who Lizzie would be today. It's what the character deserves. So read between the lines. In that statement, I think maybe she wanted a more adult show, and Disney Plus was like, we're Disney effing plus. We can't, we can't have an adult Lizzie McGuire out cocktailing and fooling around. I don't know, though. I'm speculating on that. The other reboot I want to tell you about, uh, you've been waiting for this your whole life and you didn't know it. Probably not. Uh, there is a Night Court sequel series in the works, if you can believe it, with John Larroquette, who was on the show, will return as the sleazy attorney Dan Fielding. And Melissa Roush from The Big Bang Theory uh, is attached as an executive producer on the series. I don't know if she'll also star. Uh, there is a female character that will be the lead, that will be the daughter of Harry Stone, who was the judge character on the show, played by the late Harry Anderson. Uh, you know, this show gets made fun of a lot. It's become a punchline in some circles, but I got to tell you, I loved it as a kid, and I've stumbled upon it in reruns and been sucked in and laughed my butt off all over again. Uh, it is just unabashedly meant to be funny. There's really no lessons being learned. Uh, it's very broad and goofy, and so, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm game for another round of Night Court. We'll see what happens with that. John Luricat always does does good work wherever he winds up, and he's been working pretty pretty steadily. And you know what? I don't know how you top that. I don't know how you top a Night Court reboot, <laughs> however you look at it. So that just tells me it is time for this week's guest once again, comedian Josh Firestine. Josh, I have another quiz for you. Okay. Do you, and by the way, I have a question for you. Uh, do you watch any cheesy? Not the classics, but do you find yourself, perhaps, thanks to your your girl, your wife, do you do you find yourself watching cheesy Hallmark Christmas movies?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I like that kind of stuff. I put it on and yeah, I put it on and uh, my daughter watches it. Kinda, we all kind of watch it and we're all like yeah. playing games on our phones or. We're yeah. playing a game at the at the coffee table, like we'll play a uh, Monopoly Junior or like a Yahtzee or something, and just have some cheesy movie in the background. That I not, uh, by the way, uh, it's an annoying thing about having a relationship with a comedian is that I just can't stop making fun of all of it. Well, the whole I, movie that's okay in that case.
0: I think. Well, it depends. Yeah, it depends. It depends on the woman, it, like how or or who you know. It depends on the other person whether they're really into it but like my wife and i watch and make fun of it but maybe not as brutally as you might i suppose (laughs) but there's such a formula to it so it just becomes like now how do you think this one's gonna wrap up blah 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 because we've there's only
1: like three storylines so let's yeah they're all christmas that's all gonna it's it's a christmas movie they don't end on cliffhangers see you next christmas it's never like (laughs) find out next year if they live (laughs) yeah (laughs) No, nah, it's a what? Christmas they, movie.
0: Someone pointed out too, and entirely accurate. They almost always end with a crane shot of the couple kissing. The couple almost never kisses until the end of the movie, and then it's like this aerial shot as the camera moves away, you know, into space.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't know so, that. Yeah. Well, now you do, and now you can make fun of that. Well, I'm thinking about it now because uh, there's uh, the we watched the Santa Claus the other day. And at the end of the Santa Claus, I think they zoom out of them, like, hugging on the front yard or something. Not kissing, because it's just Tim Allen and his his, his son. But I think they're, like, like, (laughs) hugging in the front yard, and, like, the the crane shot goes up, and then it turns into that snow globe or whatever.
0: Oh, yeah. No, they don't kiss until the third movie. They do kiss in the third movie? Tim Allen and his son, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's, why it did, that's, why, that's why it didn't do very well. People were really turned off. Yeah, they
1: were really. And yeah, that's sad. why there's no Santa Claus. Four. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what happened to Home Alone Three. Also, the kid made out with uh, Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. <laughs> <laughs> we're the Wet Bandits. Yeah. <laughs> that's hey, hor- kiddo. We're the Wet Bandits.
0: <laughs> that's horrible. So tell me which of these are real and which are fake. Okay. Uh, this is called the right. Before Christmas, and it's like the Wright Brothers, W-R-I-G-H-T, right before Christmas. Uh-huh. Jessica is recently single and decided to send out five Christmas cards to people who have positively affected her life. The cards included a man who raised her, her younger brother in the military, and a pop star played by Chad Michael Murray who wrote the soundtrack, the soundtrack to her life and who becomes her new love interest, real or fake?
1: Real. Final answer. Final answer. Yeah, it's real. That's a real one. Good job. had to be real. You know how I knew? You, Chad, Chad Michael Murray. There's no way you're just making up a story with Chad <laughs> Michael Murray. He's in it. He's in it. All right. Uh, this one is
0: called Missile Toad, and it's like T-O-W-E-D. It's like a hyphenated missile hyphen toad. Toad away. Gotcha. Yeah. New York publicist Susie Stanford is driving to her parents' house in small town, Maine, to celebrate Christmas when she has a flat tire in a completely unknown area. She flags down a tow truck driven by a local mechanic named Jerry. With a three hour drive ahead of them, as total opposites, can this big city socialite find love with a greased up
1: lug nut? Not real. Why do you say that? Oh, I want to say it's real because that's a good, that's a good pun. (laughs) That's a good pun, <laughs> but I just don't see the interest. I don't see the demographic of people wanting to see. I mean, is that maybe where would you sell that movie at a Lowe's truck stop? Like, where, <laughs> well, you who, sell
0: it to halls or uh, to, yeah, to Hallmark Channel. Yeah, L- <laughs> at a truck stop. Yeah, it's in that the, little
1: turnstile of movies you've never heard of, but they're really yeah. affordable. Yeah, at the pilot station. It's next to the it's yeah. next to the Tom Toms and the yeah. and the the wolf sweaters.
0: Yeah, what, what two, is it real? Or is it not? I don't it's think it's real. not real. Ah, oh, yes. You're, you're two for two. <laughs> All right, final uh, one. It's called the night before Christmas. It's another pun. It's K N I G H T. The night before Christmas. Uh, uh, oh, this is real already. I already know it. The, the, please, please. Brooke is a science teacher who is disillusioned by love. Sir Cole is a medieval knight sent by a witch's curse to present day Ohio. Sir mm. Cole will teach Brooke that chivalry is not dead. Right before the holiday season.
1: Oh, I don't know then. <laughs> that, uh, the title sounded great. The title sounded real. Uh, that plot does not, though. Let's see. Okay, an evil witch sends a knight. To present-day Ohio. From the past. Right. To present-day Ohio. Right
0: there I have a beef with it because it's to prove that chivalry is not dead. But he's from medieval times, so... there's kind of a
1: loophole there as far as and also it's it's Ohio there ever was chivalry in Ohio (laughs) you know (laughs) you've been you've probably done gigs there you tell me that the home of Cincinnati is chivalrous I don't think so Um, I'm gonna go with uh, not real you were doing so good Josh
0: You you still got two out of three but that one's real And actually sounds interesting. At least it's got some elements I'm not familiar with in those movies, you know? It has like a fantasy, sci-fi almost appeal. Dang,
1: I thought for sure. We'll
0: wrap things up with Josh tomorrow on the Daily Detour. Talk about his uh, comedy album that he's working on right now. And again, next week, I believe uh, this has not happened, but the plan is to have uh, my friend Lutre on the show again. He was on the first week of shows. Uh, He does the music that you just heard, the music you will soon hear with his band Quickie, and he's been working on some new stuff, an acoustic number, and then he he shared a little clip of something really rocking with me. I don't know if I'll be able to convince him to play that, but expect the acoustic song next week, along with tons of, I think it's all Christmas-focused next week. That's right. I said this yesterday. Uh, There will not be uh, an absence of daily... Your radio shows will be going on vacation if they haven't already. But not this podcast. The Daily Detour will uh, be waiting for you in your app, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, ready to go when you've had just about enough of your friends and family. (laughs) You know, there's a time to slip away. Put the earphones in. In fact, you don't even have to listen to the podcast. Just pretend you're listening to the podcast. Just put those earbuds in. That is the universal signal for do not disturb me right now. Although it is entirely possible that that will not work with certain members of your family, perhaps your mother-in-law, your crazy uncle, both of whom should probably be quarantining separate from you right now anyway. But I digress. As always, if you enjoy the show, please, you know, consider writing a review wherever you listen to it. You know, I think Apple Podcasts is kind of the important one, but if that's difficult, just wherever you're listening to it right now, just click on the option to write a review. You don't even have to say anything. You can just slap those stars like a slot machine at the local casino. And I so appreciate that. Also, tomorrow I have some news about the Daily Detour podcast that I think you'll like. No, there will not be two extra episodes each week for a a complete seven days a week show. No, no, no. Let's just say, though, that there may be some bonus material delivered to you in another fashion. That's all I'll say today. Have a good one.
1: You've been listening to The Daily Detour, a production of Basic Bits LLC, hosted by Dan Roberts, music by Quickie, and I'm your announcer, Libby Wolf. New episodes drop Monday through Friday. Subscribe now so you never miss a moment, and we'll chat with you next time. Bye! Hey!